Hello, my name is Mark Taylor. Welcome to the Education on Fire podcast network. This show is sponsored by the National Association for Primary Education. There comes a time in every person's life when you realise it's not about doing what you are told, but doing what you know is right for you. Let us take a journey of learning and discovery with the world's most successful people who are living the life of their dreams, walking through life using their inner wisdom and being of service to others. Forget exams, grades and test scores. What is your purpose? As we let go of what we think should be and learn from our elders to gain knowledge, inspiration and a true sense of who we are. What are your dreams? Does your life have meaning? Are you living a life of significance? Let's talk with today's guest. Hello, my name is Mark Taylor and welcome as we spend some more time together on the Learning on Fire podcast. Today I'm talking to Kirsty Mackey. Hi Kirsty, thanks for joining me and let's explore the journey of who you are. Hello Marcus, I'm Kirsty Mackey and I look after citizenship and consumer affairs at Barclays UK. Um, one of my main responsibilities at Barclays is running the Life Skills Programme. And this is a programme that we put in place six years ago to help young people make that difficult transition from education to the world of work. And over six years, we've helped 9.4 million young people and we're in around about 84% of secondary schools. So it's something I feel very passionate about. So take us through exactly the sorts of ways that you do help, the sorts of skills that you're giving them and, and sort of the whole sort of concept behind it. Yes, the whole concept behind it really was was when we launched a programme six years ago, looking at what was then the biggest issue in society, and that was youth unemployment. There was one million young people unemployed, but actually what we looked um, around, we saw that there were lots of charities helping those young people when they were unemployed, but not many people were helping um, schools in preparing young people for the world of work. And I really believe that it's not just down to teachers to prepare young people for the future world of work, but it should be teachers and businesses and parents all working together. So I had a look to see why was it that businesses weren't recruiting young people and how could I build a program that would help teachers give them those skills for young people. So things around those soft skills, teamwork, communication. Um, and also what we heard was really important was how we can help prepare young people for independent living once they left um, school to go to university or college or they started a job so how we can help them manage their finances so the program has lots of materials and um, we've got around 65 hours of curriculum linked materials and now we're really looking at what are those future skills that young people need when they leave school so it's very difficult with the, the way that technology is changing at such a rapid pace difficult to predict what those exactly what those future careers are going to be but we've looked at what those core skill set that we think young people will need going forward. So things like communication, creativity, problem solving and resilience. And are making sure they're all in the programme, they're accessible to teachers and young people. And, and you, you mentioned also parents there in terms of them supporting it as well. How, how does that work? So on the website, we have a section for teachers and teachers can download lesson plans and workshops. But we also have a section for parents, whereas if they want to talk to their young people about preparing for the world of work, they can go onto there and they can read different articles to help their young people too. And, and one, one thing that strikes me, only as much as um, our eldest is... Um is currently going through a final year of A-levels. And so, of course, you have doing your personal statement and sort of getting ready for university or work and all of that kind of thing. And so much at that stage you have to put um, across is your qualifications and the stuff that you've actually done within school. Do you have advice in there about how you sort of phrase and input the sorts of skills that you're talking about, which are incredibly important, into a way that 
employers or universities are actually able to take on board as a real positive? I think that's quite often a challenge that I see with young people, particularly when I go into secondary schools. I think the saddest thing that I hear is where young people say, I don't have any skills that businesses are looking for. And it's really trying to, for us as a business community, trying to explain what we mean by those skills. And that's what we're trying to do through the Life Skills Programme. So, for example, if you're a captain of a football team, that shows actually you're a great team player and you're a great leader. So it's getting young people to think about those things they do outside of school or in school and how they might translate into work and how we're, we, you can position it in that way that's beneficial and that people will understand. Again, I know a lot of people, young people, are very um, involved in their local community by volunteering, taking social action. And some of those skills that you get by doing that are hugely beneficial to employers and to universities and will he help set young people apart from others. So if you think about if you've identified an issue in your local community and you've approached the local council about it, you've come up with a solution, that's a great way to demonstrate problem solving, creativity. So I think it's looking at those different experiences that young people have had in, in their life and then thinking about how they can frame those in something that employers would recognise or universities would do. Yeah, and I think some of the advice that I was given and, and we've discussed is is actually sort of flipping it around, um, which I think is essentially what you're saying in terms of getting across who you are in in a very easy manner, um, thinking about what's important in your life. And like you say, and that will then go into your hobbies and all those skills and things that you've actually done outside and, and start it from a personal point of view and then sort of reverse engineer it back into whether you're applying for college or work or that kind of thing. Because it's very hard, isn't it, to, like you said, to second guess what you think someone is looking for. It's actually a much better place to start being authentic yourself and just even if it's writing everything down that you do in your life and then working out from there those important pieces of information yeah absolutely it's really important that you do you know you do write who you are and reflect your true self because it's very hard to keep that persona up if it's not true in an interview or, or an application and I think you know that the message I always give to young people is that every young person has a quality that a business or a university or a college is looking for just sometimes you need a bit more help trying to find out what they exactly are and sometimes what I recommend people doing is, you know, writing down, like you say, all the things they do, writing out the common themes and then asking other people just to, to verify an input, whether that's true, whether that's some, you know, a teacher at school or whether that's your parent or, or a friend or somebody that, you know, works in the business community. Yeah. And I, and I think that that sort of authenticity and that personality is something that no one else can actually replicate and that's your biggest asset isn't it and it's interesting in this sort of modern digital world of of people like Chris Ducker who've got the his sort of youpreneur community it's all about building the business of you whether it's a whether it's a business whether it's um, a brand whether it's um, a charity it could be anything but it's the fact that you is your core strength are able to then bring that to the world and I think as, a, as an overall skill that's a really really important factor. Definitely and I think it's also worthwhile you know young people remembering um, things like their social media footprint and because lots of employers nowadays do tend to look at social media so is the profiles do they really represent who you want to be and how you want others to see that and that's one of the pieces of content we have on the program. And, and it's a really important factor that do you recommend having a personal one and stroke business one is it work as I know from certainly in the education world you know there are many teachers who just have a teaching profile which they use purely for work and you'd never get to see their their personal one and, and I think that's probably quite a good idea to separate the two out. 
I think it's important to think about your privacy settings for social media and thinking about who do you want to see those um, for a number of different reasons. And then thinking, if I look at my social media, I look at it in different ways. So for me, my LinkedIn, my Twitter is my business work. And then my, for me, Facebook and Instagram are my personal channels. And I only allow people to see those who, who I'm friends with, who I want to. So I think it's about using the channels in the right way. I think LinkedIn and Twitter are really effective for actually looking at uh, showing who you are from a business perspective, showing your skills, particularly with LinkedIn, you, know, you get endorsement on the skills that you've done for building great, strong networks. Um, I don't think Facebook is a place to do that for, for work, from my perspective. Yeah, and um, and for those of you listening who are who are really into the idea of social media and how that affects you, do listen to Tim Lewis, who we had a whole conversation about um, social media networking and how all that works, which I think will be really interesting for you as well. So let's look a little bit into into your journey as well, and and how does your life look like now, and how is it different from when you're growing up? And I guess we can link that into the fact that that might be a financial understanding and 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 link it into what Barclays are doing. Yeah, sure. So um, my life, um, I grew up um, actually in the town that I, I now live in. Um, and so from my perspective, I was always very interested in, in a career in either um, teaching so or helping other people or actually a career in communications. I wasn't really sure which route I wanted to go down. And I was very fortunate back in the day that we had the two weeks of mandatory work experience. And for me, I spent two weeks out and about. So I spent one week with an auntie in market research um, and doing that, a very quiet environment. And the other week I spent in a PR agency, which was absolutely amazing, very creative and buzzy. And you can probably tell I like to talk a lot. Um, So for me, that quickly narrowed down my options as to what sort of career I wanted to do and then thought about my GCSEs and my A-levels as a result of doing that. And then when it came to university decision, I thought very carefully about um, the type of degree that I wanted to do. And for me, I found it really important that it had a vocational element to it. So my third year of my degree was a working year. And and how how did that work? It, um, I I always really liked the idea of of those working years, or or certainly getting out of your your local community within your your studying. I mean, my sister went to America for a, it was a whole year, whether it's a semester, but it was a, certainly a a good chunk of time. And I think it really sort of opens your your mind to the fact that your life will be different post education, and 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 those experiences can be really beneficial for you. Definitely, I think for me, um, I spent my third year actually at Barclays. Um, in the press office and the reason I came here was because they were offering me a variety of experiences in terms of the level of responsibility but it was a paid placement for a year and really gave me a chance to apply the thinking that I had in the first two of you, two years of university into the, into the real world so it's taking that academic um, learning and thinking about actually how does it work how can I pull those together and certainly for me, the degree was, although the degree was a, p- a public relations degree, which sounds very narrow, it pulled on all the different elements around government, public policy, and understanding how businesses work, um, understanding how the media work and how marketing works. So actually, when I was able to come here, I understand how all the different disciplines would influence my decisions in, in media relations. So I spent my third year here, which was a great, you know, really good, good year to do, and then went back for my finals. What is it about Barclays as opposed to some of the other um, people in that same industry? Is, is there an overall shift in terms of, of trying to support young people and, and giving them this sort of understanding and, and insights that they need as they're growing up? Or, or do you think Barclays are sort of leading the way on that? So I think a lot of organisations are looking at how, how they support young people. Uh, I think we are probably one of the largest scale programmes 
And the reason why we recognise it's been such a big issue is if you think about it from Barclays' perspective, um, we want to attract talent to Barclays. So it's important that we are attracting talent. We need to make sure we've got the right workforce um, of the future to enable the UK economy to grow. And that's obviously beneficial to banks, to helping small businesses, making sure they find the right workforce. And also for our colleagues, lots of our colleagues are parents and want their children to do well. So we all want to help our children succeed and want to help them um, achieve their goals. So this programme we designed, you know, working hand in hand with teachers, it's free for them to use, but really trying to help inspire young people. Um, and I think you know, we've, the, the scale we've reached in six years is, has been tremendous, but that's largely due to the support we've had from teachers and from educators feeding into the content of the programme. And talking about schools specifically, um, what was valuable about your own school experience? So it's interesting, actually. So I, um, my secondary school in particular, I went back to visit. So my son's um, in year six and we're just deciding a secondary school place in, a, in a eight days time. And so for, for me, um, I actually went back to my secondary school and it was quite interesting to see how I would feel going back. There. I haven't been back there for, for 29 years and it's only actually only fond memories and um, the school is a lot larger than when I went to it. But I was pleased that the maths block was still the same maths block. But for me, this, the, the, what I liked about school is that no matter what subject I did, and, you know, with all subjects, are some you're stronger than others, the school very much encouraged you to think about what, the, what other skills you had. Um, so it wasn't just about your academic performance. It's about what else you were doing to help you make a more rounded individual. And that's something the school took very seriously. So even though some of my subjects I didn't always excel at, um, compared to others, the message was always you are going to be doing very well, you'll be very successful. I always had a very positive um, encounter with my school and, and recollection when I was going back there thinking about some of the teachers I had and how inspirational they were. Yeah and, and are there any teachers specifically that you remember that are able to do that and I, I know sometimes like you said it, it can be not even necessarily some of the academic teachers or, or a specific subject, it can be like you say that sort of wider arcing sort of extracurricular thing that just gives you something which really sort of lights you up. Yeah, so I've had a couple of teachers really over the time. So, and I have to say, I was very lucky with the quality of teachers in my secondary school. They were all very, very good. But I think one who stands out for me uh, around the subject, the way she taught the subject was Mrs. Wright. She was my history teacher. And she was so passionate, so engaged that you would all, every single lesson, listen to every single word because she was just so inspirational to watch. She made every lesson exciting. So I really enjoyed um, her lessons. I think my form tutors throughout my time at secondary school were also very good and very supportive and thinking about taking that rounded approach, always encouraging you to join sports teams, to do as much as you can outside of school, taking part-time work, very encouraging the work experience. So my, my last form tutor was Mrs. Bennett and she was very good at, at doing that and helping with that longer term sort of vision of where I wanted to be. And then, then in A-levels, again, I had another very inspirational teacher, around sociology teacher, Mr. Mukherjee, and he was fantastic um, at really encouraging me to think about um, wider society and why things happen. This is probably another reason why I'm in the role that I am today. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I love the fact that one of the people was your history teacher, like you say, which isn't the role that you're in today. And it just goes to show that it can be 
it can it's often that human element it's often the connection that you find with a teacher or someone or a mentor that has a big impact because you recognize the type of thing that comes across even if it's not the subject thing which you're particularly interested in or your forte or or anything that you take through and I think it's sometimes it's quite hard especially as teenagers going through to identify that but I think once you start to understand that there are there are character traits there's ways of being there's the, the human element and that gives you so many skills um, which are very hard to quantify but I, I guess it's something that you recognize in terms of the sorts of programs that you put together it is and I think um, that's what I always like to make sure is that young people recognize that yes I absolutely academic qualifications are really important but young people have more to offer than that and um, quite often I laugh at my family because I was always told at school that I talk too much and some teachers you know were, were frowned upon that and others said she's a great communicator she'll do well <laughs> um, and you know I, I ended up starting my career in the communications industry so um, you know you can see when people can turn these you know, these things into positives it does really help and help you think about what you can do in the future. So I think it is really important. And that's really my idea of the program is to help inspire young people, to help show them what's out there. You know, I was very fortunate that I had work experience, that I had parents who were in different industries that could help me. I had relatives who could help me um, in work experience and show me what it's like in different sectors. Some young people don't have that chance and don't have those networks. And so what I really want to do with the programme is making sure that every young person has the opportunity to find out about different careers, to find out different experiences. And that's something we've been working really hard with the programme. So looking at those cohorts in society who really need more support. So we ran a programme for white working class boys because they're least likely to get a job, least likely to go to university, least likely to get good GCSE results. And how spending some more time providing in-depth mentors from Barclays, it could really transform their career aspirations, their confidence, and that translates back into academic studies too, in terms of their education attainment. Absolutely, and I, I think one of the things I really liked about that is the fact that you have to take these chances when you identify them. And and I, and I think having an having a program like this where you're offering it to people like you say who may not have the opportunity and then the other parts of their life or or not even know what that is whatever they can take from it is a, is a real positive and I think um, it's a really good message to get out there it might be a teacher it might be something extracurricular it might be something out of school it might be a program that like say businesses are actually putting out there to do it and it's just identifying that whatever you take from it there's a positive there there's a learning aspect for you for you as an individual and I think if you can really understand that then you start to also understand that you have control of your own life you know you don't know what job you will get but you do know that you can get these skills and that no matter what happens you're, you're giving yourself the best chance. Exactly. And I also don't think, you know, you don't have to be hung up on providing or coming up with a career that you're going to stay in for the rest of your life. Because I think that's one thing that I have seen change tremendously over the few years is if I look at myself, I started at Barclays, I've worked my way up the career ladder. Actually, for young people, it will be different. So they will perhaps be working in a more of a career web. So they could be working across different sectors, across different industries, or even in, have different roles. So it might be within a working week, they'll spend two days at a corporate, two days at an entrepreneur, and um, you know, one day working for a social enterprise. So it could look very, very different, work in a range of sectors. So I think you know, young people need to think about what skills they have and what types of roles they want to do. But it doesn't mean they have to stay in that for forever. I mean, I didn't stay in media relations that I thought I was going to forever. I've changed careers throughout my time within Barclays. 
Yeah, and and I guess I'm I'm a classic example of that myself. You know, I spend part of my working year as a professional musician. I'm still teaching drums and percussion and educating people through my membership site and, of course, the podcast network as well. And all of these things are an integral part of who I am and my makeup, and I love them all equally within that sort of like say that web of of, of life. And and I think to understand and to hear people talking about that that actually is more and more the case, and and you have the opportunity to create that. Um, and I would say sort of almost going full circle to where we started, it comes from understanding those skills and what you're passionate about and how you want to spend your time. And and so people can start to sort of really sort of make that circle in the understanding of who they are and the skills that they do have. Yeah, absolutely. Who did you admire when you were young and what was it about that person that had such an impact? So definitely for me when I was young, it was my dad um, and uh, still still to this day because he has a tremendous work ethic. He's incredibly ambitious um, and not afraid to take risks. And so for my dad, um, he was um, a sports editor and various newspapers, but at times decided to try and set his own newspaper up or buy newspapers. He's always had a, a varied career, but he's always been absolutely focused on on his work, on doing the best, but not at the expense of his family life. You sort of mentioned there about not afraid to take a risk. And I think that's a really that's a really interesting um thing to talk about in as much as so many people are fearful about um not pushing themselves or, or not taking that risk because the downfall's too high. So how does that marry up in terms of, of what you experienced? So for me, um, it's, you know, in terms of taking risk, it's changing careers. I mean, even starting the Life Skills Programme was an area that I'd never, ever been into before. I'd never been in the education sector at Barclays. I'd previously been more of the communication side. And so for me, starting a programme from scratch, building a website, building a content building an understanding of what's happening with for teachers and the pressures that they're under and how I can make this program work. Um, and the level of investment I would need from Barclays was was a big risk um, and was a risk to Barclays, but it's not something we'd ever done before. So I think for me, um, my, my dad always encouraged me, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I remember when we first set our goal for life skills, my, my uh, overall aim was to reach one million people by the end of 2015. And understandably, people were concerned that their target was too ambitious, the goal was too large, and should we be really talking about it? Um, and my response was back was actually, if I only helped 700,000 young people, I may have missed my target, but I still would have had given 700,000 people the help who wouldn't have had it before. And so I persuaded people that we could, you know, you can, you can do this. And, and we weren't really, I'd gone through the program and researched it so well, there wasn't really a downside other than the fact we may not have reached our overall goal. And and I love having those those numbers sometimes because what it does is it just makes everyone think, wow, this is going to be something which is going to impact a lot of people. And and like you say, whether whether the actual figure is what you ever achieve or um or, or whether that sort of is slightly blurred, it's still a large number of people. And I think it just gives you a different perspective than we're just going to try it and see how it goes. We'll try it in a school, and then we and 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 I think that that perspective is is, is something which people can take away with as well. And it's a little bit like we talk a lot about on the podcast in terms of what you'd like to achieve, what's your passion, you know, where would you think you might like to see yourself in the future? And the one thing we do know is that this path is never very straightforward. It can go in many different ways. But actually having that bigger goal and that 
aim that you're trying for or like say that number you'd like to affect it just sets you on that path and as long as you're able to move and morph in the directions which then come after that I think it gives you a much better chance of succeeding in it. I agree I think the goal really helped to to show the education sector that we were serious about this one of the pieces of research I did from teachers told me that quite often businesses would dip in and out so would come in for a year and they think well that's a great program we'll go back and use it next year and it had gone so I said to Barclays that I, if we were doing this, we were going to be doing it in a serious way and we were going to be committed to being in the education sector for at least three years as a minimum. And I wanted to make sure I had the investment for that. And I think the overall goal helped give me a focus and actually helped to galvanise our employees. So they're very excited about trying to do this. And in actual fact, by the end of 2015, we'd reached two million young people. And, and that's often the case, isn't it? You actually exceed what your goal was rather than actually coming under. And uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great thing for us all, all, all to remember, I think. What was the best piece of advice you've ever been given and who gave it to you? Well, I've been given so, um, so much uh, advice over the years that it's hard to think about the best piece of advice because I think I've had lots of different advice at different stages of my career, whether that's been coming back from maternity leave as a working mum or whether that's um, just generally as going through. But I think one of the things that sticks out for me um, and is a piece of advice that I've just given somebody else is uh, very simply never be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help isn't a weakness. And you, I think quite often um, people can think if they need to ask for more support or help, then people will perceive they're not doing their job in the right way. But everybody needs help, whether you're the most senior person at Barclays or the most junior And it's not a sign of weakness. um, And you just need to reach out if you need that support. And is that the same advice you would give your younger self now? Or is there something else which sticks out if you're sort of thinking back into that sort of maybe teenager years in terms of what would have helped you back at that stage? So I think um, thinking about my younger self, it's it's interesting. Last night um, I got home to my daughter, who's nine, um, and she was been struggling for a maths test she's got today. And she was putting so much pressure on herself to get every single answer right. And she was so upset um, about it. So we spent a lot of time talking to her. So actually, in fact, the advice I would give to myself is what I gave to her last night, was not to put so much pressure on yourself about individual things. So think about the bigger picture. Think about how does this test fit into a whole larger life going forward and to try and think about the good qualities she's got and the, the positive things she is doing and not just to dwell on the negatives, um, but also not not to put so much pressure on yourself that we can't be perfect all the time. Yeah, and and I think um, I think the Barclays program and and all of those things, what that does is it does also just expand those conversations, doesn't it? And I think it's very hard for children, especially in this very test oriented test orientated sort of um, world that we're in currently, that some of these conversations even if they are told they don't become important now because it's about often the next test or 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 the the thing that everybody's being assessed on and I think anything which sort of changes that conversation which I think is something which it it really sounds like you're doing can really help from in that slightly more ethereal kind of way rather than just the specific skills themselves. Yeah and also just explaining it sometimes it just takes you a little bit longer to work out the answers and once you've cracked sort of the code of of the, the maths test it was, then she'd be fine. But, so, but there's nothing wrong with taking a bit more time to get it right. Um, and that, you know, sometimes there's there's one end goal in sight, but everybody has got different ways of achieving that end goal. And just sometimes takes people longer, or sometimes they've got a different way to remembering things and they have how they've been taught. 
Exactly, and I, and I think it also fits in very nicely with that sense that we're all different and we've all got our own personalities and we've all got our own ways of doing these things and, and actually all those things are an asset and, and to that back to that sort of authentic self again, isn't it? You know, it works for you and that's understanding how you work and how you learn is actually a, a probably a much better lesson than even the mark you might get in any given test. Yeah, definitely. And what does your future look like? Well, that's a tricky one. So at the moment, um, in terms of where I am my career in Barclays, we are extending our life skills program out to the adult population, which I'm incredibly excited about. So that um, gives me even more breadth to help people get ready for the world of work in the future, to help those people in society who are having more difficulty getting into work. So things like or staying in work, so people like carers, lone parents, ex-offenders, those second-time earners. So I'm really excited about that from a Barclays perspective. But I think ultimately, long-term, I, mean, I would love to be a chief exec of a charity or even potentially um, look at teaching. And I think I think all of those skills that, that you've been doing so far, I can, I can see you know, that would be something which obviously would be incredibly beneficial for anyone that was able to work with you in those scenarios. And yeah, I, I love the fact that it doesn't have to look a certain way, but you sort of know what you're trying to want your life to feel like in the sorts of things you want to give. And I, yeah, I think that's, that's such a lovely way to look at the future. Well, I've been very fortunate that I've had a, a very great, loving background have fantastic support at Barclays and I for me personally I just want other people to have that more positive outlook um, and help as many people as I can so you can see whatever I do it's got that common theme of wanting to help others whether that's through teaching whether that's through charities or or the work that we can do here at Barclays to help society. And just to wrap up what podcast book video film song or, or any resource has had the biggest impact on your life and why was that? So one of my favourite films um, when I was growing up, and I and I was shocked to, to see how long ago it was actually, was The Dead Poet Society. <laughs> um, and I absolutely loved that film. I think you know, obviously the teacher was very inspirational at that point. You know, I was thinking about, do I want to do teaching as a career? As you can see, I'm still thinking about that. Um, but for me, just how inspiring he was and that notion of really seizing the day um, is something that, that really um, I've always remembered. Yeah, I think it's a great film, and I think it. Uh, I think the one thing that I remember from it is the fact that it changes everything from an academic and an, um, mental focus to almost an emotional focus. And I, and I think I think once you once you get there, the rest of it uh, certainly for me it often feels like the things that you learn become tools to help you do what it is that you feel that you want to do. And I think that that I would imagine is the same for you in terms of like you were saying in terms of wanting to give back and how that all feels. It comes from a sense of of who you are and how you feel about it, and allowing the rest of those things to support you. Yeah, and the impact they had on those boys. I mean, it always makes me cry that film when they all stood up on their desks at the end and in support of him when he was leaving they were then completely inspired to do something different and transform their personalities yeah it's it's such a wonderful thing we'll, we'll have links to all of these things um on the show notes so if you go to educationonfire.com forward slash barclays life skills then we'll have a link of all that so you can have a quick look through if it's not something you've you've come across before um well thank you Kirsty, for sharing your wisdom and allowing us to learn from your wonderful experiences great thank you very much nice speaking to you Thank you for listening to the Learning on Fire podcast. Remember to keep up to date with everything that's happening on the Education on Fire podcast network. You can sign up at educationonfire.com and enter your details to receive the latest information and episodes on the newsletter. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. The more we share, the more help and inspiration we can provide. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.